0: Former FBI agent turned short term rental operator? What in the world? This is a crazy story. You got to hear about it right here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast where we teach you all things short term rentals the best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me short term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short term rentals. Here we go. Big opportunity here to get Mount for three months for free. Have you even checked out Mount yet? If you haven't, you need to. Extra streams of revenue, unique amenities for your guests, and absolutely no risk. Think about it this way. Offering bikes, golf carts, kayaks, paddle boards, and so much more to your guests with none of the liability while getting paid for those extra amenities. And Mount takes care of everything. Payments, insurance, GPS tracking, and there's no cost to get started. You can start making as much as $300 or more per door per month. If you sign up with Mount right now, you're going to get a free consultation and that free three months, absolutely no risk. It's worth it. Go check it out. Just go to the show notes to get your free three months started. Hey, welcome in, everyone, to the Thrillist Investor Podcast. This is a really cool story, not just because Jacob Hall was once a FBI agent turned short term rental investor, but also because he was uh, one of my first students when I first started doing a little bit more mastermind and one-on-one coaching. And Jacob, right from the get-go, just burned all the boats and just went all in and said, I'm doing this thing. And he has turned it into a very nice, successful business here. Just about six or seven months into doing this, he's already at seven units uh, and he's working on replacing that full-time income that he had with the FBI. And for me, uh, Jacob is a guy that you're going to hear. He's very humble. He's very you know, just a matter of fact, and just just really focuses on relationships as well. and I know a lot of you out there are wondering like, hey, do I have what it takes? and hey, do you know do I need to be a really good salesperson? Do I need to have all these refined skills? And I hope that you see today that you know like while Jacob did have the the FBI and the military background, which is really great for structure, he didn't have all of these other things that were you know, just wow factors, right? He didn't come in being the best salesperson. He just came in focusing on doing what he said he was going to do, building relationships and following through. And of course, that's led him to getting now a lot of warm leads. And so if you want to find that same roadmap that Jacob found and was able to duplicate again and again and again, and now building that six to seven figure business, all you have to do is email us. So info at fearlesskyle.com dot com info at fearless is my email address and put in the title six ff same thing that's on my hat here six figure formula is the name of our coaching program and if that's something that you want to learn more about to get on the same track as jacob the same track as if you saw it a couple weeks ago kyle and cooper if you saw it a few months ago Halime, who went from zero to 50 units and collecting over eight hundred thousand dollars on airbnb alone in just five months If you want to get on the same track as these guys um, and as many other students have been able to do, then again, info at FearlessKyle.com and in the title, 6FF. But with that being said, let's get to Jacob Hollow right now on the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome in to uh, this live on Airbnb Masterminds, or if you're watching about two or three weeks from now uh, on our YouTube channel and listening to our podcast. You're listening to the Fearless Investor podcast, and I encourage you to go and join Airbnb Masterminds, one of the biggest Facebook groups in the world for Airbnb hosts. And today we're talking to Jacob Holub, one of my six-figure formula students who has really blown up his business in a short amount of time. Always excited to bring in uh, anyone who's been through our program, but also just celebrate the fact that you have had success, Jacob, and you've got an amazing story. We're going to get into that story along with just the sacrifices that you've made along the way and where you're at now. But uh, before we get started, thanks for being on here, man. I appreciate you.
1: Yeah. No, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me
0: awesome. So craziest Airbnb story. I know you've been around for just uh, a little bit of time, but I'm sure there's one or two that come to mind.
1: Yeah. Craziest one. We had some guests, you know, did the typical pre-screening, was a great guest, checked all the boxes, you know, was a doctoral candidate down at U of A. Didn't think it was going to be any issues. Woke up Sunday morning to notifications from my ring camera at like four or two, between two and four a.m. Um, police got called to the unit. Uh, there was a domestic disturbance. Uh, oh no. Uh, obviously, you know, like most situations like that, alcohol was involved, but long story short, you know, they let some girl into the house that they probably shouldn't have. And a fight broke out and, you know, there was drops of blood in the entryway, hair, jewelry, beads, a hole in the wall.
0: Yikes. And, um,
1: I had to go, uh, evict them, you know, I had to, Skip church that morning and then go evict them out. So but you know the, the wow. funny thing is I think people starting, they always have concerns about those sorts of things. Right. Yeah, it was it was a pain in the butt to deal with on a Sunday morning, but it all worked out. Air cover covered all the damages. We got twelve hundred bucks from air cover, and I got the guy to pay another three hundred dollars in,
0: in fees and fines. So yeah. I think you just nailed it on the head too. It's, it, that's like the scary moment of like, what do I have to evict someone? What if I have to get rid of someone? And then when it actually happens, it sucks, right? But it's not yeah. quite as crazy as you make it up to be in your head.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, man. I actually man. made
1: the guy go apologize to one of the neighbors too. <laughs> Good.
0: That <laughs> uh, sounds like my elementary teacher, like making me go apologize to a classmate. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right, man. Well, let's rewind the clock a little bit. You live in Flagstaff, Arizona now. That's where you have uh, seven units. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So a combination of arbitrage and co-hosts. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Um, How many arbitrage, how many co-hosts?
1: Five arbitrage, two co-hosts.
0: Okay. Awesome. So, And you started, when was this? Was it January or December? When did you start? Officially with the
1: business with our first unit was in February.
0: Okay. So you've been on a really nice pace here at about, you know, one unit per month. And but you've you had a, a really cool story before getting into short-term rentals. So yeah. Take people back. What did life look like before short-term rentals for you?
1: Right, so I guess just to kind of start. I've always had a passion for real estate. I worked in real estate when I was younger, right represent appraisals, investing, I had my own investment company prior. I was also prior military. And did That for about six years, and I just had like this um, desire, I guess, to serve my country again. But I was like, I don't want to go in the military again. And I happened to connect with a recruiter. This is when I was living in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a recruiter with the FBI. And um, I checked a lot of boxes for them. So, you know, they recruited me, and I was like, hey, you know, this, this is a way I can serve my country again. I can use my I did a deployment. And after my deployment, I finished my four-year degree and got my degree in real estate and finance. And it's like, cool, I get to, you know, use that. I get to use, you know, this knowledge and and, and all that. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, I became a special agent in the FBI. And, um, you know, it was, it was fun. Did it for five and a half years. You know, I, I've resigned now and, you know, we'll kind of get to, to that, but Yeah. So, and that's why I was down in Puerto Rico for four and a half years. That was my first um, station assignment.
0: So, I mean, I know we're here to talk about short-term rentals, but everyone, I I think (laughs) you probably get this question all the time, right? Like, what was it like working in the FBI? Is it is, you know, uh, Criminal Minds is the the show that comes to mind for me, right? It's like super, super intense and like, you know, all these crime scenes that you're like trying to to like you know save the world like that's that's what we have in our mind is it that crazy or is or is it a little bit more low key than that?
1: Yeah I think it's like most things you know in Hollywood, you know, really right, you know, kind of blows it out proportion a little bit. Uh but you, you know it is it depends on the violation you work in, right? There's essentially there's two branches in the FBI. There's a criminal branch and then there's a national security branch. So I most 90% of my time in the bureau I work the criminal side. So I was investigating public corruption, gangs, drugs, violent crime and whatnot. But uh, I will say, you know, there is a BAU in the FBI, uh, but they do not have their own private Gulfstream that they fly around. In. <laughs> That's a lie. But, Funny. you know, it's it it's mostly desk work. It really is. It's mostly wow. desk work. A lot of uh, report writing and just, you know interview you know because every time you like talk to someone you gotta write up every court and, and whatnot so i'd say for me personally and it varies depending on you know like when you work gangs you're probably out in the streets more um but for me personally i probably spend like 80 percent of my time at my desk
0: wow yeah uh, that, that's definitely the opposite of what we think right like i think yeah. of gun in the holster out in the field you know saving yeah. lives but it, it you yeah. know the desk work, I guess, is just as important, right? Because you guys got a lot of stuff you got yeah. to, do to, to track people down.
1: Well, right, and you know, the ultimate goal is to take these things, you know, and to prosecute them. So you got to have all your ducks in a row, and yeah, you know, have all the everything to give to the U.S. Attorney's office to be able to do that. So I thought the same thing when I got in. I remember when I got to my first spot, I was like, "Where's my black SUV?" You know, like <laughs> I ended up with a it was like a maroon Ford Taurus. I think was my first uh, vehicle. Gosh. It was beat to crap, and uh, but yeah, it's so. What
0: uh, what about the men in black uh, Ray Bans? You at least get those? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I had to buy those on my
0: Oh, bummer.
1: But you know, the whole running and gunning thing type, you know, that's yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it would be more like that, but there there are things you can do you know, in the bureau to get that sort of experience. And so I did join the uh, SWAT team. So I was also an FBI SWAT agent. And, um, that was probably the funnest part, you know, doing that stuff, but it was rewarding, you know, to take down some corrupt politicians and drug traffickers and stuff
0: like that. So, So, yeah. So, I mean, like what was, first of all, what, what was maybe the most exciting part about doing those kinds of things? I could see your face light up a little bit when you said taking down, you know, like corrupt politicians, (laughs) taking down drug dealers, like, was that what it was for you? Is that where you got the excitement and the fulfillment from was taking down the bad guys? Yeah,
1: um, I think for me, it was the most satisfying part, but also sometimes it is the most frustrating part. Because mm. uh, if you can't build a strong enough case, or for, for whatever reason, one reason or another, the U.S. Attorney's Office you know, can't prosecute it. You know? So sometimes you, you work cases and you just can't get enough or the right things and you can't go to trial. So that was, so I say, you know, the whole prosecuting taking out bad guy it was the most rewarding, but it sometimes is also the
0: most frustrating thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm watching uh Catching Killers with uh with Gracie right now. If you haven't watched that documentary, like every single one of these documentaries, they're like, We got the guy and then we didn't have enough, and then we found him like five years later and got that one thing that finally prosecuted yeah. him. Meanwhile, he go- went and killed a bunch of other people. Like, I-, I can only imagine how frustrating that is to, to be there. So, I mean, you know, I th- when we t- and this is like. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like you go through some serious stuff with this. I bet this makes like bad guests or like annoying guests a lot less of an issue when you put these things into perspective. Like, hey, I went, I went through some real stuff when I was with the FBI.
1: Yeah, yeah, I FBI military. Yeah, I've I've been in way more uh, stressful situations. That's for sure.
0: That's that's crazy, man. So, what were some of the the big things that you learned either with the FBI and the military that you feel like have helped you to be, you know, a successful entrepreneur so far in your young journey thus far?
1: Well, I think kind of what we were just talking about. The biggest thing is just, you know, uh, realizing that there is going to be stress um, preparing for it and just, just know that's going to come. So that when it does come, you can just you know, tackle it head on, know that it, it's not going to be the end of the world. You, you can get through it you know, I, I'll be honest, I'm a person that does get very overwhelmed and thank God for my wife. She, uh, she's, she's more of the one that kind of keeps us in the business, like on track and like, and hey, don't worry about it. like, we'll, we'll do this, this and this. And then, you know, once I have a game plan, I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. So.
0: Cool. And, and so how big of a, of a role has your wife played in this business?
1: Oh, a huge, huge role. Um, <laughs> I think starting off, uh, not even myself realized how big of a role she was going to have. So for her, so, you know, we were blessed that, you know, the FBI provided a uh, nice enough um, uh, living that, you know, she was able to stay home. So when we lived in Puerto Rico, she was home with our girls. And then, you know, we had another child down there. And so she's been able to stay home with her. But she's the type of person that she wants to work. Like she's she's a go-getter. She's someone that you can always depend on. She gets things done. And so as the business was going and we we're building, she's like, oh, I could do that. And, you know, she started to do that. She, she's our main cleaner right now. Like, wow, and she's our best cleaner. Like I wish I could find, I am her. Like she, I mean, she's just, she's awesome and she's very good with coordinating everything with all our uh, other cleaners, you know, making sure things are getting assigned and, so anyway, she she's played a huge role. She so she mainly handles, um, yeah, uh, the the cleanings, making sure either she's doing it or it's getting assigned and so on. First we try to assign it, and then if we can't, right, then she'll do it. That's kind of where we're at right now. And then she's also kind of taking the lead on uh, the setups, so cool. making sure we're getting all the consumables, and she'll go through the properties, see what we need, and so, so that's she's awesome. Huge, huge. That's role. awesome.
0: Cool. Well, I, I feel like we could go down that road of, of working with your your wife, but I, I do want to go back really quickly to this idea of transitioning from FBI agent to short-term rental operator. Uh, you took a huge leap of faith, burned the bridges. I think you had signed your first or second arbitrage deal, and said, "Hey, I'm going all in on short-term rentals, and despite what probably a lot of people were telling you, you you quit. And, yeah. and you went all in what was what sparked your desire because i mean i i know when i first started working with you like it wasn't hey should i quit you were like no i'm quitting like it was yeah. a strong decision and you were confident so where did that confidence come from to burn those bridges
1: oh man there was a few things um so you I mean, like take like
0: the boat by the way not burn the bridges
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it, exactly it, yeah it was burn the boats right uh, and sometimes I'm just going to throw this out there. Sometimes you just got to do that. Yeah, Like just burn the boats and just trust that it's going to be okay. Right. Like, and if it's not, oh, well, find some trees, come down and build another boat if you have to. <laughs> so, but anyway, so like I said, I've always had a passion for real estate. I've always known that I wanted to own real estate, be involved in real estate somehow. So I knew once we came back stateside. I was going to get involved in real estate. And when, when we left, when we moved to Puerto Rico, we sold everything we had in Minnesota because I didn't want to deal with it at that time. And so it's interesting. We got transferred to Flagstaff. That's how we ended up in Flagstaff. Okay. We moved here. It was a really tough housing market. We couldn't find anything. We finally found something, but we weren't going to be able to close for three months. So we had to live in Airbnb's for that three months. And so that, I think, is what really, at first, opened my eyes to show it to rentals. Uh, a, we were having a heck of a time trying to find something. Mm. Everything was booked, and B, there was one unit we stayed in. It was the two bedroom portion we lived in, and then they had a studio attached to it. We lived in there for about a month, and and then I just was noticing that studio was just constantly full. Oh. Like it was just there was always somebody in there. Mm. This is crazy. Like, like it just and so I guess that's when I started looking into it. So. That was spring, 2021. Okay. As for fall, 2021. We decided that, Hey, let's buy, buy something and make it a short-term rental. Around that same time, uh, is when I got connected with Anthony Faso. Yep. You were on, you were on his podcast. Yeah. I had listened to that. I was actually talking with him and I was telling him about our plans. he's like, Hey, you need to check out this guy, Kyle. He knows a way that you can do short term rentals without owning the property um I'm like, really? okay, I'm like, so I looked into it I, and then I started following you and your stuff, and then bought your uh quick start course, I think it was in November. you're doing a Thanksgiving sale. And <laughs> that's how I got connected with you go. and we're like, well, instead of putting this pile of cash into buying one property yeah let's let's do this ar- arbitrage thing, and we could have four or five, six properties, and it's probably going to generate more cash flow than just one property would. So that was kind of my thought process with it. And so, um, well, and I, I around that same time,
0: I think it's important to know too. I mean, your goal at the time was was cash flow. I mean, it, did you did you know at that time that you were trying to create something that was going to help you leave the FBI, or or was that yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. So, and I think that's important. I, and I want to pause here just for a second as yeah, yeah. a moment for people to understand like, everyone's always asking, what's better? Is it ownership? Is it co Is it arbitrage? It's all dependent on what you're trying to do. And Jacob here is trying to leave a job. He's got a pile of cash and he knows that if he puts that pile of cash into one house, he might create a thousand to $2,000 of cash flow and a ton of equity, which could lead to, to wealth. But that's now. What he's trying to build at that moment, wealth is down the road. Whereas if he took that same pile of cash and he put it towards four or five, six arbitrage deals instead of one purchase, he could now. Four x or five x that cash flow, which could help him leave a current situation. And now, now where he's at, now he's able to say, okay, now I'm building a business where I could eventually start buying more homes to eventually lead to more cash flow. So I think that's an important part for people to understand. But I, I, I want to get back to to where you were at. So you, yeah. you got you you got connected with me. You got that the course. And were you at this point, like, all right, as soon as I get my first one, I'm quitting, or like, what what was the next? No.
1: Yeah, so during that that fall, I was going through a season at my uh, job as a special agent, where it was just kind of like, you know, I think maybe this wasn't the right fit. It just, mm. I won't go into a lot of details. There, there was just a lot of different things going on where I was like, yeah, this this is not where I see myself for the next fifteen years until retirement. And so my wife and I started having that conversation, and, and then, like I was saying, at the same time, this is when we came. Uh, we we're talking with um, Anthony and you, and we started making a plan. It's like, all right, well, let's, let's start doing this and um, we'll build it up on the side. And, you know, and then we'll think about, you know, me resigning in about two years. And then it was, uh, you know, we just progressed and and then um, things just started going good. it's like, all right, well, you know, you could probably resign in a year. And then it was, I think... So I signed my first one in February and then we signed another one in March and then another one at the end of March. And, um, I, I was already talking with those people, but, uh, but basically it's like, all right, well maybe this summer. And then I was like, this is going good. How soon can you quit? <laughs> so. And, and you're then, asking so that the to yourself? Well, My wife and I in like, conversations okay. And okay. And like, like, wow, this, you know, this, this is working. Like this is, yeah. you know, we can scale this quickly. You know, how, how soon can you quit so that you can just really focus on this full time? And so, yeah, there, there was a date for, you know, reasons I won't go into. I had to stay in until a certain date. Mm-hmm. But once that date hit, you know, I gave them, you know, like a pretty good notice. It was like two months. Yeah. But uh, I said, when this date hits, I'm, you know, I have no more obligations. Uh, and so I'm going to be resigning and we just hit the ground running. Did a bunch of arbitrages um co-host was slow because i think it was just more of me just not uh do say like being able to sell myself and what i know right and then i know what i'm doing once i had those arbitrages under my belt anyway i look average market is 70 percent we've been at 80 percent average rates is this we've been at this i know what i'm doing and now the co-host leads are just flowing in like crazy
0: yeah you collected that data that's good yeah, that's something we can get into too. But I want to ask you when you when you gave your notice and you had you know it sounded like you had one maybe about to sign your second. What what were what were the the thoughts in your mind? Were they like, yeah, I got this? Were they like, holy crap, what am I doing? <laughs> it was
1: a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, Yeah,
1: it was. And so I guess um, really to boil it down to what gave us the confidence is uh, honestly working with Anthony Faso and setting up the our. Uh, Infinite banking system, because then I knew, like, well, if this completely flops and I screw up, at least we still have some sort of nest egg sitting over here to bail us out if we need to. And uh, so that gave us confidence. Uh, it was your course, you know, following the course. It pretty much gave us everything we needed to be successful. And so that gave me the confidence in that I I know what I need to do. It's right here, right. So I'm gonna do this. And talking with the owners and it, it did help that I had a real estate background and, and whatnot. And so there was that. And then the other thing was is I know whenever I get crazy ideas, my wife tells me I'm crazy. But uh she was like on board with this from the beginning, like with me resigning, with doing this business. And wow, she didn't have any sort of reservation. So you know it's uh we, we just felt like it was god telling us that we
0: were going down the right path yeah well and that's so huge too right because you got kids at home it's not just her that you're her and yourself you yeah. fighting for it's you know you got a whole family there and uh that that had to be super reassuring because i i know you're a man of faith and you know praying about it and having the support you mentioned from our chorus, from anthony and and but now the biggest person you need support from is your wife was that all you needed to know that you were going down the right path or like how big of a relief was that knowing that she was on board?
1: Oh, it it was huge. Yeah. Like I I never had the feeling of like, we were definitely doing the right thing and making the right decision as I did in in that moment and making this decision. So it it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's, she's way more, uh, I guess uh I would say like reserved and conservative than I am. I'm I'm like the big picture guy, like let's take risks. And yeah, and she's more of a no, let's, you know, we, we balance each other in that way. And sometimes it causes arguments, but uh, you know, it, it's a good it's a good thing to have, I think. And so yeah, for her to be like, yeah, let's do this.
0: I would, uh, I, would. I think that's good too. I anytime I work with couples, I think it's always, and I don't know what it is about couples, but a lot, a lot of couples do attract, like there's the, the visionary. And then there's the person who's like, wait, let's slow down and get things taken care of. And it's a nice balance to be able to say like, you know, Hey, even though I want to go hundred miles an hour, I do need to have some of these little things set up to make sure that we can go hundred miles an hour. So has that been a nice added you know, balance to help you just make sure that your business is on a good path?
1: Yeah, she's uh she's saved our butts quite a few times. Nice. I quite a few times uh in the last six months i have probably bitten off more than we could chew. We haven't had things in place quite yet, but we've got it done. You know, we got it done. And mm-hmm. uh a big part of that is because of her. So yeah. and, and now she's like my voice of reason. I'm starting to learn, you know, like this is really the first time we've had our own business. We we had our real estate thing back in Minnesota before, but it wasn't really a business, it's more just an entity that we were doing things through but so i am learning like she's uh she's wise counsel. You I go. need to listen to her when she hey. speaks and i don't <laughs> always i don't I'll admit that but I'm learning So
0: you you mean you're actually admitting that your wife is right most of the time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: uh, <laughs> uh happy wife happy life. Yeah. All right, so i got a i got a question for everyone else and i got a question for you but guys if yeah. If you're listening right now, I'm sure you've got to have some sort of, there's there's someone out there right now that's listening that's like, I need to burn the boats. I need to jump in. I need to do this, but I'm scared to death. Post right now in the comments what your situation is. I want I want to hear about what that looks like and what's the biggest fear that's holding you back from just going all in to help you get to your dreams. And And with that being said, for you, Jacob, what I want to ask is, when you actually did make that decision and it was your last day in the FBI, and then you were able to give your full attention to your business, what happened after that?
1: Yeah, I think just being, being intentional and just, you um, know, put the work in every day, it just compounded, right? Mm-hmm. So those first three arbitrages, it wasn't, I guess, a mistake, the ones that the landlords ended up working with. It was kind of a, a uh, what do I would say, like a, decision that I made because of who they were. So for example, like the very first lady I did my arbitrage with, she owns multiple units in town. So I was like, I want to put in a lot of effort into making this deal work. Right. Because if I can prove to her and I can make her happy, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm lined up to be able to get more units from her, which is exactly what happened. That's awesome. Three of our five arbitrages are with her. Nice. And then another one was a property manager. I had a heck of a time kind of even getting in the door with property managers, right? Like, Because being in a highly, um, a big vacation town, a lot of property managers do short-term rental suit. They think they do, but you know what I mean? And, right. um, so when I found a property manager who was willing to listen to me and she had no interest in doing short-term rentals, she manages, I think just under a hundred properties in town, you know, she's connected. So I put a lot into that relationship because I knew, you know, you you reap what you sow, right? And I wanted to sow into that. So it it freed me up to really just kind of focus and and put my attention um, into things. that I knew that were going to pay off down the road. And then um, just learning, learning more, keep going through the courses, the videos, and just Fine-tuning things, perfecting things, making sure you know getting systems and processes in place, and just and then you know spend more time on uh, education from other sources and you know about short-term rentals. So,
0: yeah. So it it sounds to me like what what you really were able to have was more time to pour into some of these relationships that would help you to get where you're at today with those seven units. Is that a good exactly? One? Yeah. 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 So, and and by the way, um, we just had a comment here from Nikita. I want to share this. I'm uh, nervous about scaling. The rent keeps adding up. I also think I went about furnishing the wrong way because I'm still paying it off. Credit back from furniture on previous units. Emily just posted here, husband and I both work a ridiculous amount of hours at our W2 jobs. We have a two-year-old son. We're trying to uh, make and create memories with we own and manage an SCR. I, I feel like one of us will need to quit our full time job in order to get started. But then we're putting our assets at risk. I mean, I, I'm sure some of these things that, that you're hearing from these comments are probably stuff not only that you were worried about, but still dealing with today. Am I am I right on that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, what would you say to someone right now like Emily or Nikita who are just like, hey, I'm, I'm worried about scaling. I'm worried about leaving the W 2 job. I'm worried about those kinds of things. Um, being in the position that you're in, where, what would you say to someone like that?
1: So, what I would say, and I think what's kind of really made it successful is you, if, you're, if you're in Kyle's course, you have the tools you need, right? You, you know the roadmap, you know what's going to get it done. It works. And then just being really good about doing analysis There's a couple of our first arbitrons. I realized I needed to do a little deeper analysis, like with the cleaning fee and and stuff like that. And so now I've got that figured out. So our spread wasn't as nice as I thought it was going to be, but we're still making money. So, you know, get getting good at analysis and making sure, you know, your market and just don't use generalities. I mean, generalities can be good just to do a quick analysis, but you know, spend time, getting to know your market and understanding um, the numbers. And then I was going to say, yeah, be be a good steward. Right. So I think what's really helped us is like we treat all our properties like they're our own properties. Um, You know, if I show up and there's something wrong with the property, like like one time I noticed there's a branch that was rubbing on the roof and I was like, Hey, I noticed this, you know, it's going to, Potential cause you issues down the road. Are you okay if I take care of it? And it was like, oh, thank you so much for letting us know. Yeah, have someone take care of it and then send us the bill. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, just, and the, the lady I told you we have three with, like one time, uh, bathroom faucet went bad and I just fixed it. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't our fault. It wasn't the guest's fault. It was an old, an old gasket that went bad. And just need to be fixed, and she's like, "Oh, tell me how much." Oh, yeah. ah, don't worry about. It. You know, I, it was twenty-five bucks, and then like two hours of my time. So, but just being a good steward, right, and yeah. just taking care of the properties. And I think if you do that, that's going to help with your relationships. And I think that's what's really set us apart. And now people are like, "You need a doctor, Jay Shaw. He's great. He takes great care of properties." Like you know. So, I say if you're worried about skating, I'm just scaling i think she mentioned rents too i know rents are tight here as well but then there's other things you can offer maybe to try to get the rent lower or better terms or something like that like so for example one of our properties had a renter in there for six years and it was really well lived in and there's just things that needed you know light fixtures that were broken all the faucets had calcium buildup on them and they're like, yeah, we'll rent it to you. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll pay you what you're asking, but you need to do this, this, and this, like fix this, fix this. Well, we don't have the money or they weren't willing to, I forget which one it was to put in the property. I'm like, well, I'll make you a deal. I'll take care of all that stuff. And you're going to give me one month of free rent and you're going to give me reduced rent for the first six months. And then we'll bump it up the next six months, and then I'll bump it up another five percent for the second year. So I got a two-year lease out of it. That's good. And I know some people say, like, "Well, why would you put your money into the property, uh, even if you're getting one month free? Just go find something else." Well, I mean, things are tight here. Yeah. So if you get someone who's interested in working with you to do an arbitrage, figure out a way to make it work. What's a problem the landlord has that you can <laughs> solve for them?
0: Yeah. Uh, there, there's so much good stuff there, and that really comes down to kind of what we wanted to talk about today, right? How to get more deals by being the owner's superhero. Uh, what I heard there is you were a superhero in a couple different ways. You were able to help them get their their tenants that were leaving after six years that had really lived in it, as you said, fix some of those issues without them having to do it you you notice a couple things about another property that maybe the other owner wasn't even aware of and you came in almost like a really good property manager one that is giving their full attention to the property to make it as good as possible and to me there's no, no there's no wonder why people wouldn't be screaming your name at that point and trying to get you more deals because you're helping them out one story that comes to mind for me is and Nikita I think this is a good point for you is if you can do exactly what jacob just said and find the pain points of the, those owners right i found an owner one time actually uh, gracie my wife found the owner we went in together after she had had one discussion with the owner and you know this owner ran out of money while renovating he's like hey i, I couldn't get new cabinets because i you know i ran out of money i did all of my my stuff on the floor Um, spent $20,000 on floor and paint. And I said, well, what if we painted the cabinets for you? And oh my gosh, that would be amazing. That's like $2,500. I just couldn't afford it. Great. You know, if we do that for you, which by the way, in my mind, I knew because I had really good handyman, it was only going to cost me $1,500. Or like Jacob, if you want to go do it on your own and you're just putting in time instead of money, now I can create some value for this owner that will give me the opportunity to say, hey, if I do this though, I'm providing value. I need a lower rent. I need a month for free. I need two months for free. Those are the kind of things you can now start to do if you can find those pain points. Jacob, is there another story like that that you've had so far you know, with any other owners that, that you feel like um, has been able to help them win when they usually would have had to settle for less?
1: Oh, I, well, our last arbitrage that we just got on right now, actually. So the lady we have three with, she had a, a unit come available. It's in the Duplex type building so it's upper unit and lower unit and it was a lower unit and um, it hadn't had any res- uh, renovations or updates in probably over 10 years and you know tenants you know trash in the place where so right. she's like, uh, you know would you be interested in this?" And so I went and looked at it and I was like, well, this is what would need to be done. She's like, well, if I do that, what would you be willing to pay me a rent? And, you know, we figured out a fair value, like the amount of money that she was happy with by investing her money to improve the property and the rent that the numbers, you know, made sense for us. And then I became like her quasi project manager. And I actually got to have a say in some of the um, renovations that were being done. And nice. And when it got finished, she's like, Oh my gosh, like, this is my best looking unit. Like, mm. I, I, I would have never had the vision to do what you did. And, you know, and, and so she's just extremely happy. So
0: that's so cool. Well, and, and you can tell if you're not listening intently right now, I can at least tell that Jacob, you, you care and you put, you're a man of your word. You really, if you tell them you're going to do something, you do it. And I think that's just part of being good at business and, and good in this industry as well. Um, so kudos to you for doing that, man. There is one story that you told me along the way. Yeah. There's one story you told me along the way that I think people need to hear. You had a guy that you reached out to via email and he said, I'm not interested in, in short rentals. <laughs> right. But then you said, well, let, let me at least, you know, come a- and meet you. Uh, t- can you, can you share that story? This, but, and by the way, I'm, I'm asking this question because I can't tell you how many people just accept the word. No, without. You know, just giving that one extra last push or that one extra, hey, I I care about you know your your property or who you are, and and you did that, and and I want people to hear this story.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Um, so I guess first of all about getting nodes. I remember early on when I was in real estate, I was a salesperson, and you know, someone told me like, oh, keep going until you get five nodes, right? And so they didn't really explain it to me or coach me or teach me like what they really meant by that. Right. And so like, I just, I would always get no's and door slam my face. I'm like, well, I got my five no's. All right. Move off. Now I understand. It's not just get your five no's. It's why are they saying no? Mm. And then trying to talk about it and bring it out of them. And then maybe they'll still say no. And you just kind of keep working on what is it? What's their hang up? Right. So yeah, this guy. I emailed him and I never mentioned short-term rentals. You know, just it was like my standard. Hey, be interested in renting your place. When can I come look at it? And then I think he might have saw like my mm-hmm. website, or it's probably my, or he looked up my email or something. And realized I was a short-term rental company, and so one day he just emailed me. He's like, he's like, are you planning on living in this or? Like, what do you do? Like I don't I don't want a short term rental or I don't want to do short term rentals or something like that. I don't remember. And then yeah, I just responded and I was like I was like, no, I, I'm not planning on living it. I I am planning on being your tenant and I'd love to talk with it, uh, talk with you more about it in person and explain it. And um and then so yeah, I met with them and then we just we just hit it off, you know. I developed that rapport, you know, um found out like we had a lot of common ground he had a beard i had a beard you know (laughs) know, like country music i like country music he had family from the upper midwest and that's where i'm from nice um you know he just and we just hit off and this this was actually his house Mm. uh, that he lived in and him and his wife built a new house and this was the first time they're gonna be renting it out so i was like you really want to risk a long-term person in here and like they end up trashing the place or you know have someone like me who's going to be checking on your property constantly and you know and just kind of you know we're going to keep your property pristine because we have to because if know. we don't it's going to affect our business and stuff so yeah it was just i just went in there and, and just built really good rapport with him. And now i'd say you know we're, we're buddies you know it's more than just a landlord tenant relationship. And uh, so I I pitched him the co host and the arbitrage thing. And, you know, he wanted to go arbitrage it. So this guy, he's actually a real estate salesperson in town. Nice. They have a person in their office that does short-term rental management. And he's still inside to let me rent it from him and do this.
0: That's that's so good. The term that comes to mind for me is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think mm-hmm. most people yeah. would have when, when they got that email that you said, hey, you know, are you looking at short-term rental this or are you going to live here yourself? Because I'm not interested in renting it out to anyone that's not going to live here. Instead of you going into pitching mode and showing how much you can offer as a service and how much you can help and how much you can, you know, do this, this, and this, you went into, let's just meet. Let's just see if you even like me as a person and you guys were able to connect you were able to share some some commonalities and this guy eventually just said i think i want to do business with this person because he could tell that you're you're a man of your word and so to me you took that extra time to go show them you know like this is who i am as a person this is the person you're going to do business with oh by the way here's all the benefits of short term rentals as well and and yeah. I think that's why you got that deal. And I think that's also why you're getting a lot more deals. And like you mentioned, in a tough place to get deals. And so uh, last question here, and, and it's mainly just to help Nikita here. She said, hey, I've got yeah. six units. I want to get to 10 by the end of the year, but the furniture cost is so big. I know a lot of our students have started with arbitrage and then kind of moved over to the co-hosting model for this exact same reason. It, it feels like you're kind of doing the same thing, uh, but what what could you say In regards to you know the upfront costs and how to get past that
1: my wife is amazing at finding deals (laughs) so i think uh just the nature of this town there's a lot of people coming and going you know we have a, a big university here it's a d1 university so you get college kids moving and coming and going all the time but we've just been able to find a lot of good deals like on facebook marketplace and um yeah, pretty much Facebook Marketplace. And then she she's good about watching Target. Anytime anything she knows that we're going to need comes on sale, she'll just buy it, like we'll stock up on our, our guest room has turned into storage, <laughs> uh, <laughs> towels and pots and pans and pillows and sheets. And um, just because every time Target has a sale, she'll buy as much as she can just Fine. to get that. 48 percent off yeah so that's the biggest thing i think that has helped us is is hum for those deals this last arbitrage we did it's a two bedroom one bath 700 square feet i think and i think our all-in costs are
0: going to be under six grand nice that's amazing that's really amazing she says she appreciates that info. So thank you. Uh, but yeah, Nikita, just to add to that, you know, the co-hosting model, that's why I went the co-hosting route after doing some arbitrages, because there's $0 to invest mm-hmm. and you can still cash flow upwards of a $1,000 for property. That's how we scale our business. But along with what uh, Jacob said, not only looking for deals, but also working that into your numbers, right? If I'm going to get a 0% interest credit card for, the the purpose of furniture or if i'm going to go get that bulk order on amazon so i can get that zero percent interest for 12 or 18 months i got to work that into the deal to make sure i'm paying off that credit card or that order while also cash flowing at the same time so um just knowing your numbers i will, uh,
1: I will say so so we haven't done that too much because we had we had a pretty big pile of cash and you know we're using the bay concept we won't get all that and so we're that's how we're financing it yeah but I will say that is also why every time I do uh, an arbitrage, I try to get at least two years, if not more, because then I know the yeah, you know, first six months or a year is going to be just recouping my costs, and then after that it's just all the profit.
0: Yeah, very good, man. Okay, well, this has been a ton of value. I really appreciate you jumping on here, sharing your story. Sounds like we've got some some people out there listening that are are getting some great value from it. So I appreciate you, Jacob. Uh, where can good. people Continue to follow your journey, uh, social media, website, what, what would you like to share?
1: Yeah. Um, you can find us. Our, our website is AZ, as in Arizona, STR, as in short-term rental, hospitality.com. So as yeah, all, no spaces are underscore, it's just AZ, STR, hospitality is our website. You can get in touch with me on there. My Calendly, Calendly link is on there too. If you want to try to schedule a meeting with me, talk about something specific, um, I am on Instagram. Um, I haven't started a, a business page yet, but I plan on to. But you can find me on there. Uh, Paco, P-A-C-O, hollow, H-O-L-U-B. Funny story about that. I got that because of the FBI. <laughs> so, uh, quick, is there time for a quick funny story? Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay, right. So down, living down in Puerto Rico, I'm with one of my colleagues, and we're in a coffee shop. And I know of a real name. They ask for her name and she gives them a different name. We'll just say Maria. And I'm like, oh, is that your middle name? Or, something? or do you like to go by Maria? Like, cause I've been calling you this this whole time. She's like, no, no, no. That's just the name I use when I order stuff. So when they call out my name, they're not using my real name. I was like, oh, I was like I should probably do that. At the same time though, I had already given them my name, Jacob, but being in a Spanish speaking place, I don't know if they misheard me or they just decided to, kind of like change it. When my order came up, they called me Paco. <laughs> Paco. And so I'm like, that's my new that's ordering name. So that's your alias. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I ended up Paco. I started Instagram when I was down there. So I just called it Paco.
0: All right, Paco. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I'm calling you from now on too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go follow Paco. Paco Hollow. <laughs> Jacob, thanks yeah. so much, man. Thanks for jumping on. So, so proud of what you've been able to accomplish in a short amount of time. I know we're just starting. I know they're going to be, you're going to be in a completely different position in your life and in your business and even just a year from now. Um, and I know there's some great things ahead for you, but thank you for jumping on here and helping our audience to conquer the world of short-term yeah, rentals. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks to you too, Kyle.
1: Awesome. I thank appreciate you. everything that you've done.
0: Thanks, Jacob. Show notes for this one are fearlesskyle.com forward slash Paco. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Slash Jacob Holub. That's Jacob like you would usually spell it. Holub is H-O-L-U-B as in boy. And you can go get connected with him. You can see all of this that you just watched again. Um, And if you really just, again, want to get on that same path as Jacob, all you have to do is email us, info at fearlesskyle.com with the title 6FF, and we will get you more information so that you can start learning How you can get into our accelerated program our mastermind our course that allows you to be able to build this six-figure business in under 12 months and one of the things that i love about jacob is that he really is a man of his word he focuses on building relationships built off of trust and following through and doing the things that he said he's going to do but more you know he he undersells and over delivers he goes in there and he he gets these the, the trust of the landlords First, just by the conversation and connecting with them and then through the follow through and actually painting the house and fixing that branch across, uh, you know, that's, that's brushing across the, the house and actually, you know, doing the things that he said that he's going to do plus more. And if you can do that, I'm telling you, that's where the leads start to come. in. that's where a, a true business is built off of that strong foundation of relationship. So go do it. And we cannot wait for the next episode to help you to go and conquer the world of Airbnb and short-term rentals. We'll see you next time. Hey, Fearless Investor community, thanks again for listening to this episode of The Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.